I love it when I see uh, videos that really capture a spirit. They don't always have to impart a hell of a lot of information, but if they can carry an emotion and a connection and an understanding and evoke a feeling of what this building represents, then I think it's exciting. You are listening to the Property Developer Podcast, your home for tips, ideas and inspiration to help take your developing to the next level. Now here's your host, Justin Getty. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the show. Thanks for joining me. I trust you are well. I have a great show for you today as we explore the power of video to help market and sell your property development. I speak with one of Australia's best property video producers about how to get the most bang for your buck when making videos. Just before we get to that, here's what I've been up to lately. The preparations for our tribunal hearing are going well. We've had an independent planning expert review our plans and make some suggestions on how they feel it could be strengthened, including increasing the level of passive surveillance along the driveway. I'm comfortable with the changes being requested and don't feel that they significantly impact on the design integrity of what we presented to Council. We are waiting on a landscape architect to review our landscape plan to see if they think it needs to be modified. And it's only about a month until the hearing, so I'm looking forward to getting our day in court and a fair, impartial hearing. We are also in the process of finding a tenant for one of the properties at the project site. Hopefully we can get someone in there soon on a short-term lease to help with some cash flow and supplement our tribunal costs. I was also in Brisbane recently and caught up with some past guests of the show, including Dan Holden, Brendan Ansell and Shane Hiscock. Shane showed me around a couple of his developments, which are coming together very nicely. Travelling around Brisbane, I was surprised to see how much development is going on, particularly around the CBD and inner city, and also how similar a lot of the projects looked, especially townhouse projects. It seems there is a common design aesthetic rolling out across the city. Alright, on to today's guest, Tracy Atkins from GoldenEye Media. Tracy has produced some beautiful marketing videos for a range of iconic Australian and international properties. So I was keen to sit down with her and talk about how developers can harness the power of video to market and sell their projects. I am a big believer in video, and I think it is a great way to connect with prospects and buyers to share the story of your project. And with the quality of cameras in smartphones these days, it is easier than ever to produce some good quality video that can be quickly shared across a range of channels and social media platforms. In this discussion with Tracy, we talk about why video is a powerful way to share a story, what makes an irresistible video, and things to consider if you are looking to produce some videos for your development project. As usual, I started off by asking Tracy what food she would eat until she was sick. Oh, chocolate. You know, I've got to do the tried and tested one, always chocolate. <laughs> and I think I have eaten it till I'm sick and continue to do so. <laughs> My architect also has a thing for chocolate. <laughs> I usually give him bars of chocolate no, when he does things for me. Uh, yeah, I'm an absolute chocoholic, so always my food. And a particular type of chocolate or um, Look, I've got to say, and this is appalling and it probably isn't great news, but I actually just love the old Cadbury dairy milk. I know it's not a particularly sophisticated one, but it just seems to seems to satisfy, satisfy an urge for me beautifully. <laughs> Maybe it's because you could buy it in bulk. <laughs> That's all right. My architect is also a fan of Cadbury's. He's a good architect. Oh, good, good. <laughs> not a chocolate connoisseur, but very good at design. <laughs> Hopefully we have something in common there, that's good. Now Tracy, we're here today to talk about video production and specifically in relation to property. Before we get to that, can you let us know 
Tell us in a little bit about your background and how you got into um, video production. Okay, so I guess journalism is my background. Um, pretty much 20 years as a broadcast journalist, um, mostly in Australia, though I also worked um, in America for the ABC network and um, for Granada in the UK. So I worked around the world. Um, and uh, about 20 years into it, I began to think I'd had children and I began to think that maybe it might be time to move across into something a little bit more family friendly and I was dabbling in PR and began working in real estate PR and then felt that there was a gap in the market with real estate marketing and that these particularly good big substantial homes weren't being captured on video and at the same time having their stories told. And that's a, and it's interesting that you talk about telling stories because video is obviously a fantastic way of, of telling a story. Can you share your thoughts on on storytelling via video? Well, and I think I I often say it, but I I see a lot of work in the real estate space, which is uh, video and music. And I think that there is an opportunity to speak to people when they're seeing a house. And in which case, I think a video can effectively almost become a brochure, um, an ad. It can become everything you wish it to be for a marketing campaign if you're speaking to people at the same time. So because I'm a journalist by background and, and we are storytellers here and we believe in the written word as well as you know imagery, we tend a lot of the time to do ours as scripts. So we narrate the videos. So when people are looking at the house, instead of just sort of seeing rooms, we're trying to explain to them how those rooms feel, what rooms they're seeing, you know, give them a bit of a story around the house. And then effectively that one single video can be shared to anyone anywhere in the world and as I always say, because we are in a world market today with real estate, um, it can be shared around the world and a story told and there's some sense of understanding. And I mean, it's a, a lot better than sticking a brochure in the, in the mail and sticking a stamp on it and hoping that they get it a week later. <laughs> a lot more effective, I think, but I'm biased. <laughs> now, I'm a big believer in this idea of emotion when you're marketing and selling property in particular, and I don't think it's done very well by most developers and most agents. Can you tell us a little bit more, little bit more about how you draw out that emotional side? Because I think agents tend to focus a lot on the functionality when they're promoting and advertising homes, and I think that completely misses the point. So when you talk about emotions, what do you mean? Well, I think it's important to try and let people understand how a house feels, how it moves, what it means, why it is. You know, often, particularly if you find the background of a house, and when we uh, use a point in case, we've just been in Sydney the last two days filming an extraordinary property, um, beachfront property there, and spent a lot of time finding out about why it was designed the way it was. Because often if you listen to owners of homes and the people that create them, they will tell you why it is the way that it is, why it was designed to do those particular things. And with significant homes in particular, I think the marketplace deserves to understand why these houses are demanding the price tags they are. You know, we, we tend to do a lot of stories around high-end homes. You know, you, the, at the end of the day, you can look at a house and say, well, why is it worth $10 million? So we try to give an explanation of design, character, um, the way a house moves and feels and very much try to get people to connect to it. So yeah, you're very right, Justin. There's, we tend not to chronicle how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, you know, what appliances are in the kitchen. They can find that out easily if someone's interested. What we want to do is get people interested in the first place. And so 
What about for um, off-the-plan type projects? Because when you're talking about existing, that you've got a property that you do have some history with or you can um, talk about some of the emotion of an existing property. What about for stuff that is uh, an idea that a developer is looking to sell off the plan? Again, and you know, one of the things we're enjoying a little bit in this space is working with what are very good animated renders these days. And I think there can be a beautiful blurring of the lines if it's done well with reality and virtual reality. And um, that's a great way for people to, to get a sense of what a building is going to look like and feel like when it's finished. Um, renders are getting better all the time. I do think, and look, I'm probably, be careful not to be critical, but I think that there's a lot of models that's getting a little bit lazy in the development space where people are thinking that if I go and shoot coffee shops, um, parks, and have an interview with an architect and run some renders in the middle of it, that will explain. But I think that we probably need to start doing something, uh, just continue to move outside the square. I mean, I see these great buildings being designed with extraordinary architectural concepts and stories behind them, and then I see a standard model video just getting rolled out over and over and over again. And I think um, I love it when I see uh, videos that really capture a spirit. They don't always have to impart a hell of a lot of information but if they can carry an emotion and a connection and an understanding and evoke a feeling of what this building represents then I think it's exciting. And how would you go about trying to pinpoint or produce something like that? Well we spend a lot of time we think we try to be thinkers at GoldenEye so we never just sort of turn up and shoot uh, for a couple of hours and go home and stick it together we really think about and try to speak to everybody involved and find out what inspired the idea it's it's finding the idea and then finding a way to communicate it just about every single building has its core idea whether or not there was a goal whether there was something that inspired someone and often it is listening to the architects often it's listening to the developer often it's finding the character of the community you know sometimes it was what's in the name it's just finding the idea behind that building and saying okay how can we try and communicate that because with develop in the development space you know you haven't got an actual you haven't got an actual product you're working with the idea so let's find out what it is and try and find a way to do that sometimes it's being incredibly creative um, but it's just beyond saying there's coffee shops nearby and there's a tram stop you know it's it's beyond that I think and I think buyers really want to connect and buy into an emotion or an idea around the building that they're going to move into whether that's a townhouse or an apartment whatever it is they really want to connect with that building so yeah, fleshing exactly. out that, that inspiration I think is a really good thing to do absolutely, absolutely. all of us connect some more to something when we feel that there was an emotional connection there with it you know and that's that, that's what we, we always try to do and whether it's in the development space or indeed in, in residential homes that are completed it's always finding a way of reaching out to someone and getting them to connect because once they connect that's the conversation that that's our that's our work done because if, if these people are inspired then to want to know more um, to connect with agents or owners or whoever it is that they can purchase the properties through then that's what we've we're supposed to do we don't don't want people pressing a play button and at the end of it saying well there's nothing in that for me um, we want people to say you know what i'm intrigued i'm excited i'm mesmerized you know, I'm shocked. Whatever it is, if we've got them wondering and asking, then video has done its job well. Yeah, because on a fundamental level, that's really what you want from a buyer, isn't it? An emotional reaction that makes them go, 
I want to find out more. Absolutely. And that's why we're always very careful about not oversharing, you know, and there can be this um, this sense, well, you've got to impart as much information as you possibly can into a video, pump everything into it. And we say, no, what we want to do is have them asking questions. That's what the video is supposed to do. We don't want them at the end of it saying, well, I've seen enough and I don't need to know anymore and I'm not going to make a call. We want people saying, good Lord, whatever it is about that that excites me, I, I'm desperate to know we all. So they fire off an email or they pick up the phone and that's what we set out to do. I'm such a massive believer in video, so I've got to be careful not to be too much of a fanboy in our conversation. Well, I wish there was more like you. <laughs> well, I actually think video is probably the primary channel that developers should be thinking about using because it's just so huge. I mean, YouTube seems to go from strength to strength mm. in terms of searches. I mean, it's the number two search engine in the world. Um, there's so much emotion that you can convey in video. Yeah. If you were talking to a developer out there who's thinking about going with video, what sort of tips do you give them to consider? Um, I think less is more is always a good one with video. Um, and again, there's, there is often that feeling of we need to, to, to put as much information and get multiple, you know, as much bang for buck out of a video as we can. But the one thing that you shouldn't, I think make a video do is labour under having to carry too much load because then people will lose interest and that's not what its its power is. I think the power of it is hitting a play button and taking someone on a journey and the word journey is so overused in this space these days but, but really bringing people in so that at the end of it they don't feel bored, they want to see more, they want to know more and they're intrigued and engaged and I always just say, just let video not carry too much load. Keep it short, keep it relevant, but don't cut corners with video. You know, there is, you know, and I, I'm not saying um, it's about price, but it's just try to always invest in quality. Um, and, and, and yeah, just do it well. I suppose I'm, I'm sounding biased with that, but try to, to try and create something that that will work and wasn't just like, oh, tick the box, we produced a video, uh, I didn't even really ever look at it and see what it wanted, but we, what, what it said, but we produced a video and that we've got a play button. Try and put play buttons on there that actually do something for you. So when you talk about cutting corners, what, what corners get cut? Um, well, one of the things I see quite a lot, and I know that the, you know everybody has to work with marketing budgets, but if you're running with video, then run with video. I see still photography turning up in videos often. Um, I think that if you're investing in video, then have moving pictures. You know, moving pictures move people. I've always said that. So when you're running a combination of moving pictures and photography, I often think it feels a little disjointed and you've got your photography, use it as photography and use video as video. Um, it's just about saying listen to ideas it's listen to ideas from the people that you've engaged um you don't have to take all their ideas and you certainly advise them but but listen to good ideas and just let video be video i think and and move people by moving pictures yeah i always used to like to say you know former job where we did a fair bit of video that a picture paints a thousand words, but a video paints a million words. Absolutely. That's what I, I do a presentation. I speak at conferences, and we often start with a still um, that says, if a picture tells a thousand words, 
you know, imagine what video can do and then we always let that that still starts to move and it is always a really powerful moment because it went from being a static image which you you gazed at and as soon as it starts to move you go, okay, now I'm moving with it and I think that's an exciting that's an exciting thing about video. Yeah, I don't think there's any other channel or media that provides that emotional um, opportunity than video. So. Oh, it's true and it's why, you know, we've got newspapers these days go onto their online sites they've got play buttons stuck all over them i mean and that's the original static image world newspapers um i think just about everything feels incomplete these days unless people have got something to press and nobody can resist a play button i I don't believe if you put something in front of someone and um, there's a play button on one of the options that they're not going to press it and I think it's a really powerful tool these days. Yeah, well, there's no digital platform these days that isn't moving towards video. Absolutely. Facebook did it, Insta's doing it. Absolutely. You know, it's all moving towards video. Absolutely, and it's it's also something that transcends the generations. I know, I know everybody sort of feels like, oh, well, it's, it's the, the thing that you, you know do to engage with younger people, but it's not. Everybody finds a video irresistible. I mean, I've got a... 88 year old mother and she uh she she's on facebook looking at videos and i say well it's people can't resist a play button and if they're going to press play then make it worth their while give them something that for you know a minute and a half or two minutes or maybe 30 seconds at the end of it they went god i'm glad i did that and i I would like to see more and so when you're looking at other people's videos or video videos in general and let's try and be specific about property stuff what are the mistakes that you're seeing or not mistakes or just things that you see that pop up quite regularly where you go probably will be looking to iron those out oh i guess you know it's really hard because people might even (laughs) suspect they do look at our work and see mistakes in there as well or from their ideas i suppose it's just um i just love to see high quality work um pictures that are well shot that have They've taken their time to shoot them. You know, properties, difficult properties still have a beauty in them if you take the time to look for them. Um, it's a space like everything that, you know, you can get experienced people, inexperienced people, you can get people that are taking their time to do it. Well, I just I just love to look at video where I think they didn't have to spend a lot of money, but they spent, they gave it a bit of thought. And so that's probably the one thing. I, I just don't think they should be rushed. And then you talk about quality, but what, I mean, that's quite a nebulous term at times. So what is, in, in your view, a good quality if you're talking to producers or a video production company and they're saying we shoot really good quality videos, what are the, what are the follow-up questions that you would be asking to find out what that actually means? Well, I think the best thing you can do really is look at their work and and. I think, you know, that's one thing that probably a lot of people don't do. I don't think that they spend enough time looking at people's work and saying, I can see the difference. I mean, it's very easy with anything to say, and it's not just video, it's anything. It's art, architecture, anything. You can say, well, what's the difference? They're both doing the same thing. But when someone spends time and thought and takes a little bit longer and thinks a little bit more, um, generally you're going to get a better result. And I just... We're big believers here that um, always find the story. Take the time, find the story, and if it takes a little bit longer... We're big about post-production here, so for us, the edit is important. 
Um, it doesn't mean that we're perfect. I suspect, you know, we're a long way from perfect, but we are we are people that take the time. So we do tend to sweat the small stuff here. Um, we'll, we'll sweat it on location and we'll sweat it back here in the edit suite to say it's got to feel right. It's We know what this needs to say, so make it say it. And I think that that's probably you want to find out that you're working with people across all elements of the development space. I'm sure that they do the same thing with everybody that's involved in the marketing, the design, the whole concept. It's people that are taking time to get it right and not just close enough. Yeah. <clears throat> I always encourage developers to get out there and at least produce some video because, yep. I mean, the cameras that are on iPhones these days and other smartphones yeah. are actually pretty incredible yes. in terms of being able to produce something so you can at least get something out there. But the high-end cameras certainly shoot beautiful video, beautiful film and shots and look exquisite when it's done really well oh absolutely and you know there's video it's amazing you have people say to you well you can photoshop that out because that's become something that happens in still photography (laughs) as expected and we say well no not unless you've got an extraordinarily large budget we won't be photoshopping out 20 frames a second to to um to do things but you know video does suffer challenges because it, it can't achieve uh, post-production results that still photography can um, so again it's it's working with companies that that understand the challenges that the, that the medium faces and and also invest in equipment I mean we, we have equipment here that that passes you know allow, allows us to tackle some of the challenges that are faced by video that, that photography doesn't face and I guess again you know, the proof of the pudding is in the eating when you see the end result. You go, why are the pictures always better? Let's say we understand the challenges of, of this forum before we even started. And I've been seeing videos from some developers lately that are artistic videos mm-hmm. that are actually not really about the building. Yeah. <laughs> they just seem to be art almost for art's sake. What's your view on that? Oh, look, do you know what? I, I will say anyone that's prepared to to be brave or thoughtful, I always applaud. I, I'd much rather see developers sort of having a go with their video than not having any interest in it. So, you know, I guess then the the audience gets to decide or every individual's can you know someone will say well i think that was incredibly talented and exciting and i'm inspired by it and someone else can say well what the hell was that i don't even know what that was about but at least i think to a degree if you know you're investing in a thoughtful creative artistic clever video then at least i think it possibly reflects back to the whole philosophy to the entire project i mean why would someone create a beautiful thoughtful clever smart you know, sophisticated building and then surround it with a pedestrian sort of video. Well, I think it's great if they're, they're prepared to go the little bit extra and, and reflect that across the entire marketing program. Yeah, well, there's that saying, you don't have to be the best in the world, just the best in your exactly. buyer's mind or your best in your market. So Yeah, exactly. exactly. And what about developers actually being in videos, featuring in the videos either as talent or primarily as talent, explaining the project... Oh, yeah, look, it can work. I think it depends upon the message. And it's not really up for us to tell them what they're going to do. We can we work with our clients always is how that can be best done. So we certainly don't work, walk in as dictators and say, well, this is the way you should be doing it. We're always happy to advise, but we're extremely happy to listen and then say, if that's what you want to do, then let's 
us find the best way to, to achieve that for you. So, you know, if developers have a message that they want to impart, if they want to be a part of it, and, you know, often a developer is in, an important part of the brand story or a vision, um, and there can be a chorus of voices in there. You can have a developer and an architect and an interior designer and all sorts of people coming together in a chorus of voices, and often that concept can be quite exciting. So, yeah, if, if someone says, I want my voice in it, I want our brand in it, I want our face in it, we say, all right, if that's, if that's what we're working with, well, then, then let's make that work for you. And is that where the value and importance of the pre-production work exists? Yeah, absolutely. Always thinking about and spending a lot of time on thinking about that we, we it's really interesting here we run very much in pre-planning but we are also a big believer and I think it comes a little bit from me being uh, an on-the-road journalist for so many years is we go out and we let a lot of the time we are happy to let it um, unfold through, through the lens for us so we generally come up with a very strong idea we certainly have a strong brief and like, as I said previously we listen you've got to listen and, and know what it is that your client wants you to achieve and, and how they would like, you know, or what they want to see in that video. But then we go out and do two things. We plan and because we've listened and we've heard and we know what the client wants, but then we're also big believers in going out and letting our lens find the moments because that's actually when really beautiful stuff is achieved. I don't think you can ever truly know exactly what a video is going to see when you roll on the day until you just relax and let it happen and that's when you get those those true gems and often our most beautiful work um surprises everybody including us when we see what what we captured and are there particular types of projects that you think that lend themselves more to to video production or to telling a story through video or a more exquisite or interesting story no, I always say everybody has everybody, everything has its story. It's just whether or not you can, you've got people that are prepared to help find it um, and capture it. I mean, it's, of course, it's always easy to go and shoot something that's inherently beautiful. I mean, if, because that makes it every, it's easier for everybody. Um, sometimes it's the ones that are most challenging that actually end up being the most rewarding for everybody and the most surprising. We've just done one in the last week in Queensland, which was... It's a challenging site. It's a development. Um, it's a challenging site. But what has ended up being most rewarding is we're editing with it today, and the pictures are extraordinarily beautiful. Um, now, it's a very challenging site. It um, is a difficult story to tell simply, and yet the way that it's coming up, I think, is going to delight everybody. And, and sometimes we look at those and say, you know at the outset you would have said that's probably going to be one that we'll struggle with and then in the end we say that's probably the one that gave us the most satisfaction and also the delight the greatest sort of sense of achievement for the clients because they know that they had a challenge and then they see it and they say oh wow we never thought it could look like that thank you i think that's a really good term delight yeah as a developer i think that's really what we're trying to achieve yeah along the way with the final delivery to the to the buyer that they'll be delighted absolutely Absolutely. And you've done a lot of overseas work as well, haven't you? Yeah, we, we do a lot of overseas work. Um, it's interesting, um, our biggest market probably is in America. We probably could be full-time over there if we had the, the ability to commit at that level. But there is an extraordinarily 
high demand for high-end video in America. For some reason, it's a market. And I think it's possibly because, well, first of all, it's a much bigger market than Australia. So they're constantly, you know, there's just the spread of work is high over there. They're constantly looking to um, come up with new ideas. And I think there seems to be a sense that property has a longer time on market over there and they're looking for good investments um, with their marketing. You know, there's no no four-week print campaigns going on over there. They're looking to invest and um, agents pay for marketing over there, which is also, you know, definitely then they're really looking for a solution that's going to give them bang for their buck. So uh, we find we've got huge demand to work over there. Yes, we were having a chat earlier about <laughs> the amount of money that developers and just vendors spend on supplementing agents' yeah. advertising spends each year. Absolutely. So the, the Americans really do like to, to invest in, in strategies that are going to see through the life of a campaign. And that is the one powerful thing about video. Um, no matter what stage of the campaign, whether it's a, an introductory session, and you know, there's a lot of agents all around the world that like to introduce developments, homes, ideas into their, their databases and their client to the specific clients quietly initially. So they get that pre, pre-release phase. Um, then it can go to a public phase. That's a great thing about video. You know, you can say, let's lock it down with passwords and share it quietly with individuals that, that you want to feel are getting exclusive pre-campaign access. Um, and it can, you know, it can go to into the wider public and, and stay to the, the whole length of the campaign. And the one thing that we found, we've just done a large development um, north of Melbourne, and it was great because we spent two days on location shooting. Now, they've got multiple clients with this community. They've got a residential community they're speaking to. They've got a business community and they've got a, a rental and leasing community. So we've been able from one shoot to produce a variety of products for them um, which ends up being a gr- great return in investment because it's a one good thing about video. It, it, it's always there. It can go back into the mixing bowl and you can keep rebaking the cake and coming up with a whole diff- bunch of different flavours. And we often say to clients, think about that. Let's think about us going on location and shooting and producing you know, to multiple audiences, a whole lot of stakeholders. Um, you can produce social media clips out of it. Video is a really dynamic investment, and I think it's an excellent return of investment. Yes, I, mean, I agree. I'm glad you brought up that point about being able to create multiple products mm. from one shoot. Absolutely, yeah. We, we often do that. I mean, we, we tend to um, be very uh, proactive in adding that into the mix once we've shot. I mean, we'll get back and we'll say, hey, why don't we contact them and tell them that we can do a couple of great Insta- Instagrams through this or let's get a teaser out there. With That's a great shot. We know that will get people on the line. And it just adds to the, that real sense that the video never stops working. And we have clients that come back to us three years later and say, do you know what, we're going to do stage two of this now or we think we might do, can we do a re-edit of that or can we change that? And it it really does, it's wonderful. We always say, don't just say that you've shot a video. Say that you're building a library and you can always draw down from it. It's particularly good in the development space where, you know, it's it's not going to go end quickly. We just... um, worked on Katie Page's uh, lovely development on the Gold Coast and we worked with Katie through the entire campaign when she first decided to do her development. We just went and shot the location for her, got some beautiful shots, interviewed her architect Virginia Kerridge and Ken Jacobs the agent and then through the life of the campaign we updated that 
um, numerous times to just allow it to feel a little bit fresher. And then she had us go back and shoot the finished product at the end. But we were also able to mesh that with with sort of some of the original imagery that we'd shot, which meant that she got a good return from investment for that original shoot. We freshened it up along the way, and it was always working for her, which was great. And what about your production team? Are you using local people or you take your own staff? We, we travel with our own. We're only a small team here. We're just a team of, there's just a core group of three of us. Um, and then we bring on, and we have contractors that we work with all the time. So we travel to locations. We tend to shoot our own stuff here in Australia as much as possible, but we bring on the required amount of people. But, you know, um, it's interesting. It's because it's it's a difficult space. Property is not terribly easy to film because you've got to understand... You know, we the one thing we've got is a strong knowledge of real estate. We're, we're, we make films and we tell stories and we shoot photography. We do everything here, but we, we understand what the realities of what this needs to achieve. So when we go and shoot things, we know what the market's doing we understand that we're probably you know we tend to find out who's your buyer demographic here we know what questions to ask so that we know who we're trying to speak to and what the realities of what this video is going to do so um we you know always just sort of work really hard at making sure the right people are on board for the project so that we're getting the right project that's going to speak to the right people, the right outcomes. When you talk about speaking to the right people, how do you define who those people are? Well, it's the demographics of the buyer. I mean, one of the first things I always say when we're on location or when we're meeting about it is say, do you have a clue about who your buyer group is here? Because sometimes they'll, they'll say, look, it's anybody. It'll be anyone. And they'll say, look, I specifically think that we're talking to over 50s here. These will be empty nesters or all of the inquiry that we've been getting so far is from X sort of demographics. So can we make sure that we're capturing that sort of language? And so it's important. You know, there's no such thing as ruling people out. And that's the great thing about video. I love that it's so inclusive. It can go to anybody. You know, a video will turn up in anybody's mailbox anywhere in the world. It doesn't know. It doesn't care about their age or, you know, their, their gender or anything like that. Or it doesn't know how much they plan on spending video is going to talk to everybody everywhere in every language but um we we always do ask the question are there any specific people you're wanting to hit with this because um yeah it's just important that you understand who it is you're speaking to because it will change sometimes about the way that you shoot the way that you speak you're just always listening and being aware and not just going out and doing a one size fits all all the time got any examples about how you would speak differently to particular types of audiences um probably one thing that we're well we because a lot of our work tends to be we tend to specialize in the luxury sector um we just always make sure that we speak the language of luxury so we're very careful about the way that we we don't really dress the spaces, but the way that we shoot the spaces. So they should always feel like the people that are watching these videos look at it and go, yep, that place gets me. That, that's, that, these people understand that this is the sort of stuff that I like. So we're, we're very careful about the angles that we shoot. We're very careful about what we don't shoot. Um, and we also listen to age demographics. I mean, 
if they say that we're targeting, we believe that all the buyers here or a vast majority of the buyers are going to be 50 plus and empty nesters, well, then we're making sure that the shots that they're seeing are speaking that language. And um, yeah, so it's just it's just about being, it's, it's about listening to your client and then knowing who you think is going to be watching this and, and what the what the required audience is. So no half-empty bottles of Jim Beam up on the kitchen bench tops. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. No, yeah, everything, we try to make sure that everything is uh, in the right, right place, the right sort of shot in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> definitely no, no uh, empty Jim Beam bottles. <laughs> I've seen some photos, just uh, still photos of suburban properties with the sort of... I the booze bottles on the wall with the... <laughs> Uh, nip dispensers underneath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, it's easy to have things slip through too, but no, we're very always very careful about and we do move through, you know, that's another thing that we say is that we don't just um, send a videographer in to go and shoot rooms. We are shooting live we are you know, celebrating lives here. So it's careful about what we're pointing in what we're putting in front of our lens and, and what that lens is telling people when they watch the video. And I wanted to ask about the name of the company, GoldenEye. Are you a James Bond fan? Oh, or yeah, I am, the... actually. <laughs> That's the, that is exactly how it came about. I was um, working on a project in Hong Kong. I was still freelancing in the property space at that stage. I was an independent and um, I was staying in a hotel there. And that morning at breakfast, I um, was reading a book about the great hotels of the world, and it was uh, Ian Fleming's Hotel in Jamaica, GoldenEye. I'm a Bond fan. And um, I remember sitting there and thinking, well, wouldn't that be a great name for a film company? Or a, you know. And then that afternoon I was working with a British crew and they said, hey, when they went to sort of settle the, get the invoice ready, he said, so who do we make the invoice out to? Do I just make it out to Tracy Atkins? And I said, you know what, make it out to GoldenEye Media. And I did it on the spur of the moment then madly had to put in a phone call to see if I could register the name and it just went from there and you know I just thought it's a beautiful name I'm a James Bond fan and and I'll tell you what it's been a great choice for a name everybody remembers the name um particularly in America they're fascinated with it they always love saying oh we've got the golden eyes coming back you know they've got the golden eye these guys so that it really has worked well for us it's quite a memorable name no, it's good. I like it. I certainly remembered it. Yeah, you could. <laughs> and you're certainly a bit more, uh, you present that polished Australian look rather than the sort of bogan Aussie fronting video campaigns. Well, we try hard. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you um, a tip that you'd have around video production for property developers. I think you've already touched on emotion. I'm not sure if you've got any other ideas. No, I just think um, it's really hard, and I, I sort of sort of don't want to be seen to be sitting here lecturing or giving sort of telling people what they're doing wrong because um, far be it from me to take that role. But um, I just just ensure that you understand that video isn't just a box that has to be ticked. It's actually really very powerful, and it, it's lovely to think that. Um, I think that there's a there's really a growth in video now, but there's also probably an interest in it, it not always just doing the same thing. And, and just taking time to choose the right sort of people, I think, that are going to help tell a story and not just roll a bunch of pictures and then upload it to YouTube and say good luck with your projects. One of the things we... Um, also believe is important is that the video should be going through the right platform so we also because we I'm a journalist and, and we have journalists working around us we also believe that 
media relations around the work that we create is important. So, And these days the media love getting a video because if they can put strong videos on their sites, um, it's, you know, it's again a, a bonus for them. So we tend to share the videos that we make to the, me- uh, to the media around the world and often they'll pick them up and run with them, which is great. And I think it's all about saying, well, you know, they're not just going to shoot some pictures and upload it to YouTube. What Are these guys going to think with me? Are they going to say, well, we could create some great relevant Instagram tips, uh, releases for us? Perhaps there could be teasers. Is this, are your video makers passionate about what they do or are they just creating YouTube clips and then leaving you with it? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought it up, just that, around that consideration of the channels yeah. and the platforms, because they, they're all different, just even in terms of the dimensions that they use, but also the length, the audience, what you want to get across from a storytelling point of view and whatever the, the constraints are of that channel. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, it's in, such an incredibly powerful tool. As I keep saying to people, because I think it is the compelling thing with video is you can share it with anyone, anywhere, anytime, and it's going to it's going to engage with people. So that's what I think is really powerful about it. I mean, I am not saying that there's no reason to continue to invest in print. I think print is important, particularly in the luxury sector, and I do feel that people do like to touch something. But I, the greatest and most powerful brochure, I still think nowadays, is something that someone can sit, you know, in their office in London or their apartment in New York or you know, their penthouse in Hong Kong and, and watch something and learn it and engage with it and then share, share it around, um, watch it again, send it to their spouse somewhere else in the world. I just think all of that's really powerful and to me that's... that's and if it's really done well and, and emotionally, it can impart that same feeling of a beautifully produced luxury brochure. Yeah, you can definitely get that emotion mm. and the, the shareability is a good point because I remember when we were just doing very simple videos during the construction of our project, the people who had bought in would be their parents or their friends would be commenting on the latest update video so they can see that something's happening and they get excited and their circle of friends and family also get involved in the emotional uh, journey that they're going on. No, it's so true. It's really important. The shareability is extremely important. And, you know, to a degree, it's also becomes a... um, after, after the event, after the sale, the purchaser has something that they've still got, you know, that represents what they purchased. Um, we, and we actually find that in the private residential space that's extraordinary how often the people that we make it for say thank you because we've now sort of got a keepsake of what we've what we created here. So thank you very much. Yes, mm. that's a good point. I like to do closing off videos as well when mm, the project's absolutely. completed and say... It's all done. Here's how it looks. Absolutely. And that's. I still think, you know, creating effectively, not just saying we shot a video, we created ourselves a library, which throughout the life of a development is wonderfully powerful. And at the end, you know, as you say, you can end it beautifully too. So it, I always just say I think they're a great, a great ROI. And I'm biased, but I do think it's it really is a good investment. All right. Well, we're getting close to the end of our time together. So I wanted to ask you... You're going to get asked me what else I eat because I'm just going to give you chocolate every time. <laughs> well, this might be what you serve, but if you could sit down to, for dinner with any three people, alive or dead, Ooh, who goodness. would they be? And alive why? or dead? Yes. Who would they mm. be and why? Now we know you're going to serve them chocolate fondue or. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to find three suitably ch- chocoholic people. Oh, look, uh, I'm going to go with my um, 
people that have always fascinated me. Um, JFK is definitely one. I've always found him completely fascinating. Um, God, I'm going with a political mix here, aren't I? Because I think Winston Churchill, I'd love to see Winston Churchill and um, JFK uh, together. And then I'm going to have to go, oh, questions like this, you know, I should have the answers ready, shouldn't I? Um, well, if I could have one more person at the table, it would be my dad who passed away quite some time ago. But I'd love to have a chat with him about what I'm doing now and see if he had any great ideas because he was always just a wonderful ideas man. So I think JFK, Winston Churchill and my dad. Now, my dad loved chocolate. Don't know about the other two. So I'll see how I go with the fondue. <laughs> Actually, the, uh, the, the parents who have passed away seems to come up reasonably regularly on uh, that really? answer, which is interesting. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Well, I think often they are the people that shape us. And when, uh, you know, particularly if you're, if you're speaking to someone about what we do, it would be nice to be able to talk to your parents about what you do and, and get their feedback and their ideas and, and maybe their praise or... Yeah, I suppose they shape us and you want to see if you can get a review from them along the way. <laughs> All right, Tracy, thanks for taking the time. If people want to find out more about you or GoldenEye Media, where can they go? Probably the best place is our website. It's interesting, actually, with our space. Um, because we do a lot of the work that we do is private and confidential and um, often the work, it results in sales very quickly and then part of the confidentiality clause is that we're never allowed to release the work, which we always respect. But our website still gives a pretty good idea of what we do. It's got cases in there that shows success stories and chronicles them. Um, it shows our current work that's uh, out in the marketplace and uh, also some of the branding films. And that's another thing quickly in the development space. Branding um, things that you shoot for a property can end up being become part of a branding story as well. So we often, for developers, shoot a project and then we use that same imagery to help them create a branding story about what it is that their company's setting out to do. Um, so, yeah, there's a little bit of all that chronicled on the website. It's goldeneyemedia.com.au. And just you've mentioned the branding story. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit more? Because well, I think that's an interesting point. It is actually really good um, to find that often developers in particular, they, they've got a vision that they're setting out, to, you know, and they'll have their own story to tell. So you can go out and shoot a development, and then sometimes we do piggyback the two together. So we go and create a film for a particular development, but at the same time we use that imagery and, and, and capture the stories of the brand or the developer in amongst that as well, and then we produce a brand out film that they're about that that particular developer because you know um people actually do want to know about the developers that are creating this they can't be invisible and it's important and it's a great opportunity if you've created beautiful imagery for a development then you can certainly roll that into saying well that's the great sort of imagery that we want to sit around um i suppose amplifying our brand story so you know the two can be rolled in together yeah, I think that was the, when I was asking you earlier about whether developers should feature in the photo uh, in videos. I think that was kind of what I was. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Was was thinking about getting that idea around the purpose or the reason why developers do projects or why they got into developing, whether they've got some kind of story or they will have a story about yeah. why they're doing what they're doing. And I think people like to hear about that. Absolutely, absolutely. And if, you, if you've got a high-quality imagery that you've produced for a video, then it's going to sit very nicely in supporting the sort of philosophy of you doing things really well at your, at your company. So I think the two sit really well together. 
All right, Tracy. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day and your production schedule and sitting down and talking to us about video. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, now you've just made me want to have a big piece of chocolate. So uh, I'll be straight out hitting the chocolate when I <laughs> If I'd known, I would have brought a bar with me. I could have handed it over. But thanks so much for being with us on the Property Developer Podcast. Thanks so much, Justin. Okay, there you go. Everything you wanted to know about producing great videos to help promote and sell your property development project. Tracy shared some awesome tips and ideas so you can either hire someone to make some videos for you or things to consider if you're going to do it yourself. Here's three things I took out of our discussion. One, focus on emotion, not function. This was a very good point that Tracy raised. I think it is easy to fall into the trap of focusing on function, and I see agents do this regularly. They highlight the number of bedrooms, bathrooms, car spaces, or the room layout. Instead, I think you are better off finding an idea that is different, or the inspiration for the project, and communicate that to prospects. Try and steer clear of the functional stuff and answer those questions during a face-to-face sales presentation and instead focus on what will delight buyers or future residents. Try and capture the mood or feeling people will have when they move into their new property. And this will give you a good place to start from, as this is what will make your video irresistible. Two, go for production, not perfection. Now, Tracy produces some very beautiful videos with wonderful production values, but that is not necessary for every project. Consider your audience and what they would likely accept from your production values. I think it is better to go for production and not perfection. Get your phone out, shoot some video, whether it is site videos about how the construction is going or interviewing the designer about the design intent of the building. Or maybe just yourself explaining how the project is going. Getting content out there is a great way for prospects and buyers to get a feel for the project and start to develop a bond and trust with the development. Three, tailor videos for the channel. I think you can stand out from the crowd by spending some time tailoring your videos for the channels or platforms you're going to show them on, as they are all slightly different with various frame sizes and audience habits. Whether it is YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or others, try to create a video that suits the channel and the audience. And remember that mobile viewing is massive these days, so give consideration to how your video may be viewed. And I would strongly suggest adding subtitles to videos so that people who may not have the sound turned on through their settings can still get a feel for what your video is about as they scroll through their social media feeds. Okay, that's just about it for episode 37. Thanks again to Tracy Atkins for sharing all that gold with us. If you enjoyed that chat about video, you may like to revisit a couple of past episodes about marketing. There was episode 8 with Ben Buxton, where we talked about how to dazzle and delight, and episode 16 with visual artist Stan Zaslavsky, covering the secrets of powerful visual imagery that helps sell off-the-plan property. You can find all the past episodes of the show at www.propertydeveloperpodcast.com and you can see all my latest property development photos and videos on Instagram at Property Developer Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in and until next time, may your next project make it big on the little screen. You've been listening to the Property Developer Podcast. Tune in next time for more tips, ideas and inspiration to take your developing to the next level. For more developing love, make sure to visit propertydeveloperpodcast.com. Thank you.